So, free promo. I don't know if any of the many listeners that I have from all four corners of this great, great country that is the United States of America, and shout out to my niggas who be listening from Madagascar. That was a great movie as well. I don't know if any of you guys are fans of the famous, very generic in physical appearance, but still talented vocal artist that is Black, whose name for some reason he spells the first letter B with a six. But I don't know if he's on that 666 shit. I don't know why everybody trying to bring back the devil. Nigga, he's already coming to Jesus. Hey, Jesus and the devil are coming back. We don't know. We don't. I don't want him to speed up the process. He came out with an album on Friday, on Thursday, that was called East Atlanta Love Letter. And I just got to let you know, bro, this album is straight flames. I have been playing this shit back to back. And I bring this up because if you're wondering why the name of this episode is it's called California Love Letter. It is a play on words because one of the songs on the album of his album that came out last Friday, which is called East Atlanta Love Letter. He had a song with Future. Shout out to Future. The Future. The past, actually. Um, called East Atlanta Love Letter. He had another song called Let Her Go. He had another song called Load a Gun, which I don't like as much as the two that I just named previously. This man was waxing poetic on that album so well, and I just want to let everybody know you got to really mess with my boy. I'm going to tell you the only thing I don't... I'm going to tell you... And by the way, welcome to the podcast. How you guys doing? I would have the FX sound effects in the podcast, but I just don't have them right now. It is what it is. I'm going to tell you what I don't like about music nowadays. You know, with the streaming, you know, where you have streaming and everybody just uploading album after album. There used to be a time where... Excuse me. There used to be a time where if a rapper... If a singer, if a sambista artist, if a salsa singer, if they came out with an album that day, if they came out with an album on Friday, August 17th, that whole day, that whole month is theirs. You know what I'm saying? And some of the older people who are like in their late 20s probably know what I'm talking about. There used to be a time where if you had an artist and they came out with an album, that whole month would be theirs. Draw Rules sophomore project comes out in June 4th, and we only talking about that for a whole two months. 50 cents get rich or die trying comes out i honestly forgot when that shit came out but we're only going to talk about that for these next few months that that is really how it used to be but nowadays it's different because now what happens is now you have four or five niggas who just want to be selfish with fucking the whole month of september come out week by week black's album and russ's album both came out within a two-week period and within two hours of me recording this within two hours after this podcast is done the carter five is coming out tonight and Machine Gun Kelly is coming out with this new EP project, EP project called Binge. I'm going to tell you something. It is it is really hard to really just keep up with music nowadays because it's like the machine is always just spitting and spitting more and more and more and more out. Like every other day I'm finding out about a rapper or a singer or some beast or a nigga who cuts cheese but somehow gets hella, hella videos on, he gets hella views on YouTube for doing a video about that. I'm finding out about these niggas every other, every other, uh, every other three o'clock. Like I'm like, what the hell? Like I just learned who Smoke Perp was after, uh, after I just learned who Smoke Perp was and Young Bands was after Russ brought them up in the, uh, pod, I brought them up in the Breakfast Club. And then I come to find out, nigga, they was on the XXL Freshman Freestyle. So, with two dudes that I know. So, I'm like, I don't know how the hell I miss knowing about him. It's, it's kind of hard to keep up. And I think it's a different time because there used to be a time where, there used to be a time where, where your mom and your daddy would be washed. 
But then I'm going to tell you, these would be a time where your mom and dad will be washed or be old or considered trash or lame, out of date, if they weren't familiar with some of the artists that you listened to growing up. I think nowadays, if you were born in the 90s, it's a little bit different because I think most, from my personal experience, most of our parents tend to be up in the know because they listen to more or less the same music. I always said those people who were born in the 1970s and 60s, I feel like that was the last generation of kids born that their parents listened to a genre of music totally the fuck different from what they listened to. And by that, I mean is my dad is almost 50 years old. He turns 50 next year. He listens to hip hop. He, I listen to Mozzie. He listens to Mozzie. He knows Mozzie. I listen to SOB. He listens to SOB. I listen to um, I listen to Shoreline Mafia. He listens to Shoreline Mafia, and that's because I think we're in we're in that we're in that space where hip hop is hip hop is lasted. Hip hop is kind of in, encompassed the '90s and 2000s, and so that also makes me wonder. And I've talked about this in the podcast multiple times. When is going? What is going to be the future of hip hop like? How much longer is hip hop going to be on this run? How long is it going to be before you have a genre of music that like how how hip hop did with funk music and soul music forms as a branch as fruit off of the tree of funk and of hip hop and then becomes its own genre. Like people forget when hip hop formed, it wasn't like just niggas just came up with hip hop beats and was like, Yeah, yeah, you know what we call it hip hop. Matter of fact, I wanna tell you something. I don't even know if niggas I don't even know if hip hop I've always wondered, was it actually black people and Latin people who were actually in those streets of Harlem and Bronx and South of the Bronx doing the beatboxing and doing the dancing? Was it actually them who came up with the term hip hop? Because every time I, if you think about the word hip hop, that sounds like a white person thing to say like hip hop. Hey, you guys gonna go out there with that hip hop? Like, like I'm like I'm even when you say that hip, are you hip to what's hop? Like nigga, like don't even sound like some shit niggas would say. Rap, rap. If you say rap, okay, that sounds like that rap. Rap to me, rap to me sounds like some shit nigga like a nigga would come up with. So I'm, I'm I've always wondered that. Like, who actually coined the phrase hip hop? I was like trying to figure out who coined the first the current coined the phrase crip. Like I, I I wonder that sometimes. I think um, I don't know, man. It's it's, in, it's interesting. I uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's, inter- it's interesting thinking about that. Interesting thinking about the face where where the world's going right now. But uh, shout out to everybody who's listening to me live. What's going on? I didn't. I had an interesting conversation with these girls um, at this coffee house I was at earlier. Shout out to Instagram. Me and these two girls, two girls of Latino origin, of Mexican origin, of the Mexican roots of the of the menudo people, of the burrito of the burrito bands, and <laughs> we were having a conversation about all the things Jimmy Neutron, lights, all things important in the world. And I asked them, have they ever experienced racism? And growing up in the city that they grew up in, which is a small town in, in the middle of Central California called Dalt. And what they told me was is, yeah, and they're like, oh, hell yeah, what are you talking about? Of course. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, like, just like how you you walk in stores and people look at you. It's like, it's usually like the older people. They'll just look at you and they'll just be staring at you or like they'll talk to you and ask you, can you speak Spanish? Ask you, can you? And then I, at one, it was funny because she said, then they'll try to talk to you in Spanish, say, como estas or something. And I said, well, let me just be the first to say, I said, let me be the first to say. I make that mistake too, but I'm actually trying to practice Spanish because I'm only I'm trying to get better. She's okay. She told me verbatim, okay, we don't like that. 
I was like, really? She's like, yeah, it just comes off as offensive sometimes. I was like, really? You said, I, then I thought about it. I said, you know how it comes off to you? You take it like how I take it. If I meet a white boy who comes up to me with his hands splayed out, lean back, trying to talk about some, what's up, player, player? What's up, dog, nigga? Like, I understand. I think to a certain extent, they're just trying to relate to me and be friendly. But with that being said, to a certain extent, I find that kind of offensive. Now, And it was weird because I had never, I, I'm so used to doing that. Like when I talk to Mexican people, because this is how I practice Spanish. I talk to Mexican people and I'll try to speak Spanish to them and try to get to try to practice it. And I'm so used to doing that, that I was totally, I was totally clueless to the idea that that might be offensive to somebody, that that might be offensive to them. That might be offensive because they might be thinking I'm trying to talk to even, which, you know, and sometimes you just got to learn. Sometimes it was a very, it was a very, um, it was a very learning experience for me. And also, it's interesting because I think with black people, we get so centered in the struggles and the hurdles and the the troughs and the trenches of racism and systematic oppression that we face that I don't think we ever consider that there's other niggas out there in the world, too. They might not be niggas, but they niggas, you know, who go through the same shit. Like, you know, Mexicans go through shit. Asians go through shit. You be forgetting that there's people out here, the Cambodians, the Hmongs, the Filipinos, the Arubans. They they go to certain other places in the world and they experience racism. I was listening to a comedian. I was listening to this one comedian. I don't want to say his name because I want to put his business out there in the street. <gasps> Jukaka! I'm going to stop. But um, he does Malay. He does, comedi- he does comedy that's more or less targeted to, the, the, to Malaysians. To Malaysia. Malaysia is a country in Southeast Asia. For those of you guys who aren't aware of where it's at, Malaysia, big country, has the highest population of Muslims in the world. Um, and it was interesting because he was talking about in this comedy special that he did, which was interesting because 83% of the jokes I didn't really find funny, but it was because he was coming from the perspective of somebody who was Malay growing up in Malaysia. And I, when he, when he's making these cultural and racial jokes that they kind of understand because he'll be shitting on himself along with shitting on Chinese people, which I'm about to get to, I think they get it more because they're like, it's like, it's like, it's like, for example, like how, um, I'll see memes or I'll see videos and there'll be jokes, inside jokes about black people that I'll, I'll, I'll crack up and die laughing to. And my white friend, Jeff will be sitting next to me be like, what the fuck's so funny, bro? Like he won't get what's going on. And it's the same thing with him. And I'm bringing this up because. In the vid, in the special, he was talking hella grimy about Chinese people. He had some spice for Chinese people, talking about how they shit on the subway and shit, or they do hella weird shit. And I didn't realize I didn't. And it was funny at first, but now I was starting to think like this is kind of actually racist. Like a, a Chinese person, a Chinese immigrant of Malaysia, could see this and be like. Oh my, what the fuck you mean? I'm, I've never shit on the subway. What the fuck you talking about, nigga? What the fuck you mean, you racist bitch? Like, they could take offense to that. And it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting perspective, man. I've, the great thing the great thing about me having conversations with so many different people is I'm able to get different perspectives on the world. I'm able to get, um, I am able to get, um, I'm able to get different, um, I'm, I'm able to get different POVs. And I'm also lucky to be able to have conversations with different people of different races so I can understand what's going on. I think that's the issue. That's the the problem that we have in America is like we're not having a conversation with people. You know, I have friends who are Trump supporters, who are who are Republicans. I was listening to the Breakfast Club earlier today and Angelique made a comment saying she thinks more or less any person who supports Donald Trump is racist. And like I told, like I said, I don't think that I don't think here's the thing about that. We, We should talk about this. 
I don't think I don't think I don't think every I don't think every person that supports Donald Trump is racist, but I do think they're able to ignore the obvious, the obvious moral issue, the obvious, the obvious issues of morality of morality of character in this man, which are the racial issues, which are the classism issues, the obvious issues with this man's morality and character. You can ignore that. And the same parallel I always make is with Louis Farrakhan, which who I don't support. And I'm explaining why. Louis Farrakhan for a long time has had the history, has had the respect of black people, has had the respect of African American people for a long ass time, just on some on some on some real high re- respect level type shit. There is nothing that man gets on that podium in front of all those black, in front of all those black people, in front of all those Muslims, in front of the a million man march. There is nothing that he says that is a detriment to me. There is nothing that he says that is in detriment to me, that is going to hurt me, that is going to impede me. Everything he says to me, more of us, is a beneficiary. It's beneficiary to my life. Now, with that being said, I don't support him. I don't support him because at the same time, this nigga talks really greasy about Jewish people, about white people. He has, like, really, I'm talking about, he got some spice for them motherfuckers. Like, nigga, don't give him a missile. And the reason why I don't support him is because... With this podcast, I'm not. I'm not trying to build a religious following with this podcast. I'm not trying to trying to lead the masses to the land of light, to the land of the realm of the world. I'm not trying to do all that. Shit. I'm not trying to do all that. But with this podcast, we once the one thing I always preach is unity. And I don't want to. I can't support. I can't support somebody. I can't rock with somebody who preaches unity and financial freedom and um, black ownership. Ownership within the community and on one side, and then on the other side, you talking about fuck these motherfuckers, kill them, and what, 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 what? You can't do that. You can't just speech. I've watched a lot of his speeches where he'll shame white people and bring them up as examples, and then talk about okay, and this is why we need to do this. Like you can't speak in spite of your oppressors for all your damn speeches, and that's why I've always had an issue with him. Now I think it's the same thing with Donald Trump. I can't ignore the fact that he does speak. He does speak. He does belittle minorities. I can't ignore the fact that he does. He is a classist bastard. He is a race. He, he does come. He's a dick. Just on just a lot of honesty. He's a dick. I can't ignore that fact. Now, I have been seeing what's going on with South Korea and North Korea. You know, apparently they've made peace. Um, South Korea, uh, the president of South Korea is is really anxious for Donald Trump to come back out there and meet with Kim again to to um, fasten. Fast and um, to get the the fast in the um, denuclearization process of some of the key missile facilities for North Korea, and if if this was managed under Trump's reign, an issue that was the issue with North Korea that we've had for a long time, if this occur, if 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 North Korea has really buckled down and disarmed themselves under Trump's reign and we don't have to fear their threat for the future of our, my generation and the rest of my kid, my generation that will follow, then, hey, if that's the case, then, hey, give it up to that nigga. Give it up to him. He deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves it. I, 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 I respect him. I'm going to give it. To, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Um, um, but at the same time, I mean, we'll see. Hold on, hold on real quick. Hold on real quick. So, okay, I'm back in pause. I had to get something else. So, that's how, that's how I look at it. That's how I look at it with the Trump thing. Now, with that being said, I also feel my, I also feel my personal heart of hearts that, you know, you just, 
I think that's the thing about humans. We're able to, we're, humans by nature, we're naturally able to compartmentalize issues of people. My grandma, my, my grandma, like all our grandmas, probably didn't think that fondly of white people. Just if she didn't think that fondly of white people. Now, I could compartmentalize that issue because she's, she from a, my grandma got rest her soul. She passed away before, just before she was about to turn 85. She is from a totally, totally, totally different world. I mean, she from that, she from a time where, she is from a time where, man, hey, y'all know, nigga, y'all know, we ain't got to, we ain't got to, nigga, we ain't got, we ain't, we ain't got to put on, we ain't got to, uh, we ain't got to play a clip of Mississippi Burning or, uh, or Glory Road to let y'all know what was going on, nigga, the mages, the rolling nine, shit, the rolling, nigga, the rolling, she was born in the rolling, the roaring twenties, nigga, that's, that was a different time and era, that was, man, let me tell you, let me tell you. It was a different world, man. It was a different world. You know, niggas can even ride. Niggas can even drink from the same water fountain. So it was a different world. Which I'm going to tell you something. Never mind. Okay, let me just say this. You could theorize that. Would black food be. As, would black food taste as good as it did? Would black food be as seasoned as it is seasoned regularly? If we if we would have been able to drink from the same water fountains or go to the same restaurants, like honestly, I'm gonna tell you something. That is something we never. That is something we never talk. About. That is something we never talk about. That's something we never talk. We, that is something we never talk about. I'm, I'm gonna call somebody. Up. I'm gonna call somebody up and ask him about this. Let me let me add, call Monty. Shout out to Monty. Call her and ask her about this. Call her and ask her about this. Let me see. I'm gonna call her and ask her about this. See if she, nah, I ain't gonna call it. It's just ten o'clock at night. Let me leave her alone. I want to story you. So it is interesting to see that you know. Um, so that's how I feel about Trump supporters. If there's anybody out there who listens to my podcast and supports Trump, I think it's a difference. I don't think you can. I don't think you. I will say this. I don't think all Trump supporters, people who support Trump, are racist. But I do think a, a mind blowing amount of Trump supporters. Are a mind blowing amount. A mind blowing amount of people who are racist are Trump supporters. Most people, I'm gonna say, at least 93 percent of people who are racist are Trump supporters. And the reason why that bugs me is because for those dudes out there, the black Israelites, the Umoteps, or whatever they call themselves, the niggas who hate white people, the Muslims, the people who really do hate white people, when Barack Obama was president, niggas will tell you a lot of them didn't support Barack Obama. A lot of them looked down on him. A lot of them thought he was being Uncle Tom. A lot of them felt like he was ignoring black people. A lot of them felt like he was ignoring us, ignoring the issues that were going on in our community. And I I disagree with a lot of them. And so I'm saying I have to say this. The extreme race, the extreme people who are so extreme that they come off as racist on the left, they didn't just automatically side with Bernie Sanders. They didn't just automatically side with Barack Obama. I remember Charlamagne the guy telling the story how one of them, this one black Israelite, was just screaming on Bernie Sanders on some dumb shit at one of the, at a Bernie Sanders rally, just on some crazy shit. So they don't all unanimously follow Barack Obama versus if you go to the right side, all the extreme to the right haters of Mexicans, haters of blacks, just all things seasoned, hate gumbo, hate menudo, hate all the cool shit. All those niggas, they really do ride with Trump and they feel like he's a voice for them. And that's where I have an issue at. So it is something to be said. I don't like the fact that he does make it comfortable for racists to come out of the closet for people who do hate, who discriminate and hate to come out. And that's on both sides. That's on both sides. That's on both. That's on both sides. You know, I, I don't. I. I don't. I don't know. That's what Trump does. I remember I was watching that thing. How um, I. I, I heard that clip of, of Snoop Dogg going off. You know, 
giving the giving all giving a whole giving a whole can of lorries, giving a whole bottle of lorries to Kanye West and Donald Trump and all those niggas. And he was saying like how, you know, there was no line he said back in the day we didn't there was lines drawn and we didn't have any he said before Trump came, we respected each other. You were there and you were over there, we respected each other. I agree. That I do agree with. He did make it Donald Trump the presence of Donald Trump as president has made it come made it more comfortable people who are alt right, people who are marching saying things like Jews will not replace us, blacks will not replace us, Mexicans will not replace us, to free to be free and march and do these rallies at these colleges and stuff like that, just emboldening these kids to that is true. And I'm not gonna deny that. Now the other line what I'm saying, if you support Trump, that means you're racist. I don't think that. But I do think he has made it more comfortable for the racists to come out here and use their platforms. That just is what it is. You can we can debate about it if you want to, nigga. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, you know, and, and and I and I and it's kind of hard because when you live in a country that preaches free speech, you know, that's one of our things, the 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 power of free that's one of the, our most famous laws and one of our most poster board uh that's one of the poster board bon, bon, bonuses of being in California, honestly, is is we have the we have the ability of free speech. When you do have that, when you do have that naturally, you got you can't be biased. You got to let people come out here and speak their speech. Now, according to the Brilliant Idiots podcast, again, I remember one time they were talking about that. Donald Trump, I mean, in Charlamagne the God, one of the hosts of the podcast, he had said to Andrew, I, we need to, we need to, we, they shouldn't be allowed. These aren't right people. They shouldn't be allowed to even speak at these colleges. They shouldn't even be allowed to gather in the masses of a hundred plus people. And so Andrew Schultz said, no, but this is a country of free speech. So you have to allow people to have their freedom of speech. Charlemagne the God told him, if it was a, if it was a ice, if it was a gathering for ISIS, would you say the same thing? If it was a gathering of people who were gathering to, for the support of ISIS, for the for the support of radical Islamist, uh, is radical Islamic intent would you do would you say the same thing and and, and andrew was like you know what you make a good point so i guess that's the question that's where free speech gets kind of crazy it's like yeah we can have freedom of speech but how how much free can speech be you know can we say fuck some nigga like you know what i'm saying that's that's where we have the issue that's how how freedom of speech can freedom of speech be like alex jones that one that one Dr. Eggman shaped white man who used to had all those crazy ass rants or crazy ass conspiracy theories about black people, blue aliens, and Brawley from Dragon Ball Z Super's um, gender. He had all those weird ass theories. Uh, they got his show took off YouTube and they got him banned for Twitter and they're basically silencing their blackballing him in the industry, blackballing him in the industry right now. I don't know necessarily know if I wanted to see him get blackballed because I'll be because I'll be real because I'll be real. You have to allow people, people like that. If you're Republican, if you're on the conservative right, that is kind of weird to call him conservative. He's like one of those extreme thinkers, but he's on the right, though. He supports the Rush Limbaugh of the world. He supports Donald Trump. He supports those people. But he has all these weird ass and extreme things. This motherfucker thinks the Sandy Hooks Elementary School massacre was a government plot. Nigga, you tripping? Like, nigga, like, nigga, let me tell you something. Now, I'm gonna tell you, we this is a fucked up government. Did a lot of dumb shit. This government did a lot of shit. The Tuskegee syphilis experiment, goddamn the uh the, the road of tears. This country do got some blood on this. This, 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 this the, the country do got some blood on it, blood on his hands. But I don't think they had a plot to kill kid. That's just crazy. And my condolences to all those families of those kids who was lost, man. I was. That's a heavy one, bro. Like I, I don't even know how I can. I don't even know how I can make it. 
it's a hard thing when you lose somebody, bro. Like I, I brought, like I said earlier, my grandmother, she passed away last year. God, God bless her soul and her sweet potato pie. Her sweet potato pie was to die for. I'm telling you right now. I feel like Adolf Hitler, had my grandmother been born 20 years earlier and, and went into military duty during World War II and got captured by German soldiers, had she had made a sweet potato pie for Adolf Hitler, would have saved at least 2 million Jewish lives. Now, with that being said, the reason why... <laughs> The reason why oh, fuck, I'm never gonna get ass in this podcast. The reason why I bring that up is because it's weird, man. I'm gonna tell you when I used to when I used to before my grandma passed away, and I've she my other grandma passed away before her too, but me and her weren't close like that, so I didn't have that bond with her. That when the first my first grandma passed my um on my dad's side, I didn't have that bond with the two. I was really broken mentally and spiritually about it, but. When I um when I um when I lost my grandma my my maternal my maternal grandma my mama's side my mama's side that one hurt me to the core because it was like before before losing her when I used to see people whose family died moms died sisters died cousins died I understand for them and I felt for them but it's so different bro when you actually lose somebody and you know what that feels like. Like when you actually when you when you learn what that feels like to lose somebody that you really cared about, genuinely really felt for, and go through that go through that phase of under coming to terms with the reality, coming to grips with the reality that this person is never going to exist to get in life. This person is never going to never going to ask you to walk up to the store and buy them two Snickers and a bottle of, of Coke, a cherry Coke. This person is never going to walk the earth again. You're never going to see that person smile again. You're never going to hear that person call you on the phone and ask you to get, can you run to the school, run to the store and get a prescription. You're not going to hear any of those things again. Those things, those little simple shit that used to ignore you all the time. When you realize that you ain't going to hear that anymore, bro, that shit will break you. And it's like, I remember I went through this phase, man. It was like this weird, almost mental breakdown I went through last year because I'm not a very religious person. And my grandmother was so devoutly Christian. When she died, it hurt me so much because I lost faith in the idea of spirituality. Like, we're all spirits in these corpses. And our body will be a corpse. But with that, with that being said, it broke my mind because I kept trying to figure out what was my grandmother? Was she a spirit that's not here anymore? Was she, was she just simply just a pound, just 200 pounds of flesh that was just operating and just here and here. And now that she's gone, it's too like, like it's, it's crazy, man. I'm going to tell you, it's, it's, it's hard, man. It's, it's, um, it's, um, it's, it's hard to deal with, man. It's, um, I don't know. All I can tell you is I went in the podcast on a sober note. All I can tell you is, bro, when you got people in your family, when you got people in your life that you really appreciate and you really love, you know, hold on to those people. Hold on to those people. Appreciate them. Cherish them. Because reality is when you do lose them, it's going to hurt you. It's going to rip you. And that's just reality. Now, on lighter notes, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them comes out in two months. I am overly excited about that. Shout out to the dude who's playing. I'm gonna tell you the dude who plays Newt's commander. He does a really good job. He's a good actor. I'm gonna say, I want to see what he how he does in other films because I like his. I like how he's carrying that character. Um, I don't like how I feel like the film was kind of going totally in a totally different direction of what Fantastic Beasts Where to Find Them was. Well, now which now it's called The Crimes of Grindelwald. So now I think it's going to it's in it. I don't think it should be called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Now I feel like now it should be called The Crimes of Grindelwald, but um. 
which it would just simply call the crimes of Grindelwald. I think it's good. That's a good title for it. Um, but I think I think it's gonna be dope. I mean, like I said, I'm rocking with it. I want to see. I want to see what it's like. Um, I want to see. I want to see what it's about. Um, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you. I'm a podcaster. Dreaming to be a broadcaster, greatest broadcaster of all time. Nothing is going to get in the way of those passions. But I will always say, man, I desire so much, man. If there was two films, two film series I would love to have a role in, one would be the Harry Potter series, have a character in that, and one would be a, a character in the Pirates of the Caribbean series. Be my total dream, man. Like, I like so much. That's all I'm going to say. Now, with that being said, after expressing that childistic fantasy, last thing I shall recommend is if you have a phone, if you have a Netflix, you have a Hulu account, I also recommend that you watch The Kids Muppets. The Children's Muppet Show it was a great TV show when I was a child. We shall be back here tomorrow. Uh, I hope you're here with me or you're rocking with me. And with that being said, this is the People's Paradise Podcast. Much love. Peace and chicken grease.